Good morning, and welcome to Call Talk for Wednesday, September 16th. Our topic today is Wake Up Your Call Center. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkcool.com or call in your questions at 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question today on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best. And here's Bruce Belfiore, CEO of Benchmark Portal. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Call Talk. Today we'll delve into a crucial topic, uh, people aspects of running a call center in today's challenging environment. You know, as managers, we're called on to optimize performance from our people, our processes, and our technology. And oftentimes, we really can't do much about the technology. And in other cases, changes in processes and procedures are, are, can be complicated by home office and, and higher-ups to kind of keep us hogtied. But the one piece of that triad that we always have a high degree of control over is the people aspects as call center managers. So please call us and email us with your questions and comments. And in particular, let us know what is the single biggest challenge you have or, you know, what's one of those what do I do when, you know, situations that you'd like some help with. Now, many of you already know our guest today, Roseanne Dalzilio. Uh, she and I have spoken at numerous industry events together over the years. She's an industrial psychologist, consultant, master trainer, best-selling author, and is president of Human Technologies Global that specializes in human performance management. And uh, she has authored uh, a number of very best-selling books, including Wake Up Your Call Center, Customer Service and the Human Experience, and How to Kick Your Customer Service Up a Notch, 101 Insider Tips. Uh, some of which she'll share with us today. And uh, she's also a certified call center benchmarking auditor through the Center for Customer Driven Quality at Purdue. So, uh, you know, Dr. Dalzilio really has always been the, the people person to Dr. Anton's statistics girl. Uh, she's kind of the person who looks into the agent's eyes and their souls, not just their, <laughs> their dashboard, and, and tries to understand, you know, how they can be motivated. So, Roseanne, let, let me first ask you about a term you've used that I'm interested in, which is presenteeism. Presenteeism. Uh, can you describe what it is and, and what to do about it? Yes, thank you, and thank you for that great introduction, Bruce. Uh, presenteeism, if you don't know it or you haven't heard it, don't feel bad. So was I not knowing it. And it's a new word, a word that only recently appeared in our language, and here's another word that means that. It's Neologism, that's a word that's only recently appeared, which is what presenteeism is. And basically, it's the feeling that you must show up for work, even if you're sick, even if you're stressed out or distracted, you must show up. You might even work extra hours, even if you don't have to work extra hours. Maybe some of you have even had the experience of going to work when you didn't feel well and have your boss say, what a trooper you are. Or maybe someone on your team wasn't feeling tip-top and you've said to them, boy, you're a real trooper. Well, I want to tell you that it might be better for everyone if you stayed home instead of providing an example of presenteeism because there's all sorts of statistics about absenteeism and the associated productivity loss. It's also been suggested that presenteeism may cost you more than absenteeism. 
Mm, boy, uh, particularly now with uh, the concerns about flu and uh, swine flu epidemics, et cetera, uh, this yes. is an important point to have in mind as we go into the season, isn't it, Roseanne? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So what can you do about it? First of all, you've probably heard me and Bruce say many times, what gets measured gets managed, and what gets managed gets better. If you haven't done so, begin tracking not only absences, but presenteeism as well. Encourage your employees to take their breaks, to take their holidays. Discourage them from working long hours or taking work home. So bottom line, it comes down to good people management. The better care you take of your people, the better care they'll take of your customers. Mm. How do we uh, sort of balance that with the natural tendency on the part of all managers, and I'm right there, so I know, of of wanting the people who work for you to uh, put out their best efforts and, uh, in fact, maybe take a little bit of work home, maybe do a little bit on the side. I mean, how how do you come up with a balance for that, Roseanne? That's a great question, especially in the contact center industry. Work-life balance is what it's all about. It's not terrible to take a project home now and again, but when your habit is, it doesn't matter what I don't finish today because I'm going to take it home, your productivity level doesn't improve, it decreases. Because you need that balance. You need that time to be away from work. And on that same note, in today's world, we have blurred lines of demarcation where work begins and ends and home begins and ends. We have cell phones. We have, uh, what do you call those things where you could read your email? I forgot what they're called. Blackberries and blueberries and raspberries, <laughs> all those different berries, so that every, every project follows you. We've got voicemail. We don't even have answering machines anymore. We have voicemail. We have pagers. So the lines are very blurred, and the ability to take care of yourself, sometimes you don't even make it on the top ten list. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all those berries, I mean, it sort of turns us into fruits and nuts after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> well, I in my own life. I mean, uh, it really is very hard to get away from things, and I, I'm sure people on the phone have felt the same thing, and uh, you just feel, on the one hand, it's comforting to be connected in and to know that things are okay, on the other hand, it does kind of uh, drive you crazy and uh, I'm sure can have a negative impact on, on productivity at times. Well, what if we go to the, the opposite end of the scale, uh, to the, not those people who are sort of, um, you know, real troopers, but in, instead the ones who are disengaged employees? What, what would you tell us about those, Roseanne? So a disengaged employee is just like you said, at the opposite end. Those are people who, from the minute they walk in the door, count the second until it's eight hours later for them to go home. And what's interesting, a recent survey, it used to be one in ten people that were disengaged, and now it's one in three Mm. during the first quarter of 2009. Mm. That's very dangerous. Mm. That means people are staying on the job because they're worried about the economy, but they're not being productive. So productivity has fallen three to five percent and it's fallen from 29% to 13% today. So that's glaring. So here you have people that are coming to work when they're not feeling well. You have people coming to work when they're feeling well but don't want to be there, and you wonder why productivity is down. And those statistics impact not only employee satisfaction, 
but customer service and customer satisfaction as well. Mm. Okay, so those disengaged employees, I know that, uh, you know, a couple years ago we were talking about people who were, quote-unquote, retired in place. (laughs) They're totally retired, but they're they're still sitting there kind of doing their job. And what you're saying is that with this economy, uh, there's a lot of people who sort of hang on to the job by their fingernails for the money, uh, but are mentally, you know, retired in place, even if they're perhaps younger. Would that be the case? Yeah, it's not about age. I mean, 25% of high potential employees are actively interviewing for new jobs, but the rest of them are staying, overstaying, I should say, until the climate of the economy improves. But people that are in wait-and-see mode, I don't care whether it's an employee, a manager, a supervisor, a director, it's like they're waiting to see what's going to happen next and everything is immobilized. No actions are taken, no initiatives are put into place. We see it quite often in the training arena. Yes, we need it. We need it really badly. But because of the economy, we're going to wait and see. And those people are going to be passed by. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen that in a number of centers where we've done on-site assessments, and the um, agent, um, you know, sessions that we have, where we do the, uh, you know, have ten agents talking to me or to one of our other people. Uh, there will be a difference depending on which group they went through, and sometimes the group they went through is very much a product of the budgetary limitations of that time. So some people say, yeah, we had a great training experience and we feel motivated, et cetera. We understand what the company is all about. And others will just have a very different feeling about it because of the fact that uh, their training wasn't as good. Yeah, and and it's a top-down thing. You know, if if the top people don't care, then the people don't care. Okay, great. So the feet have to go where the mouth goes. Right. That's probably one of the best tips that are out there. Whatever you say, follow through with your feet. Otherwise, you're giving out mixed messages, and that decreases morale. It decreases productivity. It changes the climate at the organization. Mm. Okay, so whatever your your head is saying, then your loafer should be uh, be following (laughs) up on. Yeah, walk your talk. Walk Walk your talk. talk. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Important in leadership positions. Sean, I see that you have a, a question. Yes, we have an email question from uh, Deborah. Um, uh, Roseanne, the question is, what is a good way to motivate agents besides wage? Besides what? Wage? Wage, yes. Wage is one of the lowest, I think, ways to motivate people. I think the most important way to motivate people, if there was just one effective way to motivate, I would say that that would be acknowledge them. Acknowledge them with specific, sincere, positive recognition. You know, uh, one of the things that we've seen in our our studies, Roseanne, is that if you look on two sides of the scale, one is what keeps people happy, and then on the other hand, why do people leave call centers? Uh, There's uh, very much a convergence on on exactly what you said, and that is the way people feel they are treated inside the call center the relationship that they have with their boss, which is usually their supervisor, but also uh, the manager of the call center, uh, is probably the biggest motivator. And on the other hand, if it's not good, it's the biggest reason people will leave. 
Yeah. Um, what have you found on that? Uh, there was a there was a Gallup poll taken on what the top ten motivators were, and the number one is public praise and recognition. And here's what's interesting. Number two was the opportunity to show off a winning call. You know, we're so we're so good about telling people what they do wrong. How about starting telling people what they do right, but do it in what I call muscle words. Don't say that was a great job you did, because that doesn't say anything. It's empty. Say, I overheard you on the phone, and I like the way you said X, Y, and Z to this particular person. That was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, number three was shared customer feedback, that they've made a difference. And only number four was earned extra paid time off. Number five, by the way, is training and retraining. So pizza and extra money and gift cards and all of that, I call those Mm Band-Aids. What really makes the difference is not only recognition but public recognition. What does that mean when you're having a staff meeting? Show off a call and acknowledge someone in front of everyone else for a job well done. Mm. You know, that can be used uh, two ways to sort of get a double whammy uh, positively as managers. One is the praise itself for the person, which is very much appreciated, and, and you really make a friend, for, if not for life, for a long time when you, you do that uh, public recognition. The other thing is you can use it as instruction for everyone else. Absolutely. That that, uh, call, if it's been recorded in particular, can be then driven into the library of recorded good calls that can uh, be instructive and can be used for coaching purposes for other people. And uh, particularly if it's tied to some sort of incentive, then you say, okay, here's what a good call sounds like, and this is the kind of results you'll get. And uh, as a result, uh, in fact, if the incentive happens to be tied ultimately to money, then you'll get both ends of the, uh, the the scales. You'll be able to get the performance you're looking for, and they'll be able to get some additional money for it. So, uh, yeah, try to use it for both the praise side and the instructive side. Um, when you say performance, I want to piggyback on something that I just read recently. Good. Let's say that your people at your center are allowed to choose their hours and set their own schedule. And let's say the way you've been having them do it is by seniority. Mm-hmm. I would suggest a better way to do it is by performance. Mm-hmm. Then they're motivated for their performance because they're working for themselves to get the time schedules and the shifts that they want. And they're being rewarded for their performance. So they're uh, positively competitive to one another. And it brings up morale and motivates and inspires people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, none of this costs money, I just want to say right out there. None of this costs money. It costs commitment. That's what it costs. Yeah. No, I think commitment and a willingness to sort of uh, tie into what it's like to be on the agent side of the equation because uh, some yeah. of us started there and sort of forgotten what it's like, and, and you need to tie into that. And actually, one of the other things, if I could add, the public praise is very important. There's one kind of uh, private praise that can be particularly effective as well that I've seen, and that is, and particularly in those situations where you know that an agent has uh, you know, gone overboard to be uh, flexible, uh, maybe put in some overtime when you really needed it, and um, without being too presenteeist, of course, has <laughs> <but laughs> really done that, um, a letter, a handwritten letter home, 
can be a big deal, particularly if you know that it may have uh, been a little bit difficult for that person in their home setting, because uh, that's the kind of letter, when it's opened and looked at at the home setting, really can bring pride to somebody. In other words, uh, you know, the spouse or the, the parent is really uh, getting recognized for what they're doing, and that's the kind of letter that ends up, you know, hanging on the bulletin board or uh, tacked up on the, um, on the, the home refrigerator. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great see, idea. Uh, Don, I think uh, you have another another question here. Yes, uh, Roseanne uh, Ann asks. <clears throat> we have recently reduced our workforce just in customer service by 25 percent. What suggestions do you have to re-engage the ones who are left? Um, we have noticed the re- the reduced productivity as well. Okay, so my suggestion or my my hunch is that those people that are left have to do the work of everyone, including the 25% that are no longer there. And so that's a tough one. I see it as you can't go from A to C without going through B. So A is you had X amount of people. C is now you have 25% left. But in our busy society today, we want to go from A to C without going through B. And B is to acknowledge what's there. So maybe it's to sit with someone who is, disgruntled on one end or passive or overwhelmed, all the overwords, overloaded, overwhelmed, overwork, overtired, sometimes even overweight, and to sit down and say, uh, and nail it, nail what's going on. I know that you must be frustrated. I know we're short-staffed. I know you've taken on more. What can I do to support you through this? Sometimes just acknowledging that you know what is going on there makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I, I think uh, that everyone knows that it's a tough environment out there, and everyone knows people without jobs. Everyone knows that uh, everyone who's, you know, people who are working harder. Uh, the statistics uh, from the Department of Labor in uh, recent months have indicated that productivity in the United States has been going up uh, dramatically, and part of the reason for that is that uh, people have been fired and the people who are left are doing the work of those who are left. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of a common malady, and uh, so we're all in the boat together. And if you take the approach yeah. that uh, Roseanne has indicated, to acknowledge it, and to, uh, to indicate that you know better days might be uh, or will be ahead, can be I think very important and comforting to to people who may feel like they're just swimming a little bit too hard to to stay up. The other thing you might want to do is give them special projects now and again, so that they're off the phone, so they're doing something else. And still involved, because it's a tough it's a tough job, because they're not worried so much about that we're 25 percent down. They're worried that what's the next cut going to be? Mm. Is it going to be me? And if it's not me, and it's another 10 percent, how am I going to do all the work of all these people? Well, the other thing is sometimes uh, there's things that can be done in terms of reducing talk time. I've seen it in a number of centers I've been to this year. Um, and uh, sort of closing off the call in a very courteous but still more efficient fashion. And there's some agents who are simply better at doing that. And that's where what we were talking about before, which is, you know, using the call both to praise the person who's done it, but also to instruct and coach the rest of the people in the call center can be extremely uh, effective. And there you can sort of have a point where the, the people side, presenting it properly, will actually help you on the statistics side, getting your metrics up, if, uh, if, if you can sort of uh, bring, bring that together. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I agree. Are, are there some other uh, tips uh, in this area or from your book that you'd like to share with us, uh, Roseanne, about? Uh... Well, one of the things that I want to talk about, which doesn't get talked about often enough, is I want to talk about listening because listening is a major component in customer service. And what most people do in a center is listen for the pause to jump in to take people where they think they want to go because they're being measured by their length of call when, in fact, it may not be where people want to go at all. And I just read a book called A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink, and he was talking about 20 years ago there was some research with doctor-patient encounters and that the doctors interrupted patients after an average of 21 seconds. And now there's a more recent study that doctors have improved. Now it's 23 seconds before they interrupt. <laughs> now we can all relate and we could certainly chuckle, but if we put this in the customer service arena, what happens? Customers, supervisors, agents, employees, they don't get listened to. And what do they want? What do you want? What do I want? We want to be treated with dignity and respect, and most of all, we want to be heard. So, I mean, I just want to say be proactive in your listening rather than waiting for the breath to jump in to take somewhere where they may not want to go at all. It may be where you want to go. No, I, I can see that. And, uh, in fact, uh, there's one center that I was at recently that is encouraging their people not to become industrial psychologists exactly like you, Roseanne, but to listen very carefully to the person uh, to understand what their style is. So they're, they're kind of kicking things up a notch in that uh, they have understood from their satisfaction uh, scores, and it has to do a bit with the type of industry they're in. They're, they're, they're in a, a little bit different kind of industry. But um, there's certain people who want to be handled very quickly and even a bit curtly, there are other people who need to have more of a connection with the person on the telephone. Yeah. That's so, true all over, though. There's yeah. the people that are like, I'm giving away my age now, Sar Sergeant Friday, just the facts, ma'am, nothing but the facts. <laughs> and then there's people that want relationships. They want to be nurtured along. They want to be empathized with. Yeah. And so by listening, we actually teach this in our training. We We teach people how... They imbibe information. What are the representational systems that we take information in so that we can listen for it and give it back in kind so that there's not a cross-transaction, which will make the call in sooner? Okay. Well, just sort of tying it in with our topic for today then, how do you take that element, which is really sort of important and, and, and sort of in terms of quality kicks things up really a, a major notch, and make it so that the agent sees this as an opportunity, as a challenge, but as a, a fun thing instead of as a an impossible sort of uh, mandate? Well, I think the first thing that has to happen as a manager, a supervisor, a director, a boss, whatever, instead of creating what looks like adversarial situations, we need to say, let's take you and me and here's the issue and engage the people in what the issue is brainstorm if that's appropriate, or here's an issue, how do you suggest we handle it as compared to pointing a finger or having someone experience it as an adversarial relationship? Okay, so in other words, making it so that the uh, agent feels like not they're being burdened with something new, but that they're being 
uh, developed in terms of their their skill set. Yeah, they're being involved. They're not being left out. And when you're involved, you're excited. You want to participate. You get creative. You're motivated. You want to come to work every day. When you're left out, you're disengaged. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Is, is there another tip that uh, you have from your your hundred and one? I'll just give you a quick. I'll give you a quick acronym. It's called Learn. L e a r n. Mm-hmm. L stands for lead by example. Mm-hmm. Walk your talk. Yep. E is energize others with your enthusiasm. If you want your people to buy in on some new whatever, then you have to buy in first, or they you'll be inauthentic and they won't. Adopt a positive attitude. Absolutely imperative. Take responsibility for reaching goals and never give up on your dreams. Mm, I just I just got included in a blog on something and it was a, a five word and mine was don't stop before the miracle. Don't stop before the miracle. Five words. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if I could just say something on the energy one as well, the energy uh, is so important in call centers, and we see with call centers of excellence that the energy that comes from the management team and sort of uh, funnels down through the uh, supervisors to the agents, and then uh, energy gets reflected back up from the agents to the upper higher-ups, and it's sort of a virtuous circle as opposed to the negative energy that sometimes you can feel in call centers. Uh, I think it's very important for us as managers, every time we walk on the floor, every time we enter an interaction, uh, is to plug in to the energy that you can feel on the floor, uh, the energy coming from the customers and the energy coming from the agents, and uh, through the, the various kinds of activities that uh, we all have in our call centers and um, uh, the uh, fun things, etc., to, to to put the smile on the face and to make sure that, uh, that people really are feeling your energy and then that you're conveying that energy so yeah um i just wanted to say bruce that um there's so many tips that i could just rattle off but i have a tips newsletter that is complimentary it's called how to kick your customer service up a notch and you can all go and sign up for it for free it's at www.humantechtips.com Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and at this people. point, there's 288 of them. <laughs> Great. Okay, so it's gone up from 101 to 288. <laughs> yep, we're at 288 now. We have over 17,500 subscribers. Okay. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, all you have to do is send me an email. Well, that's great. Well, at some point, you might be up to 365 tips, so there'll be one for every day of the year. That's true. That's true. Uh, and if people want more information on you and your organization, they can go to to that website. Is that right? Uh, no, my the main website, I guess you call it our branding website, is www.human-technologies.com. Human-technologies, plural, dot com. Excellent. Okay. Was that the, the something special uh, that you have for our listeners? Just for the listeners. It isn't posted anywhere on any website, is that if you go to any of our sites and you purchase anything, when you go to the checkout, we will give you a 10% off on anything that you buy. So when you go to the checkout in the coupon, 
Just write Call Talk, capital C, all one word, A-L-L-T-L, no, that's not how you spell it, capital C-A-L-L-T-A-L-K, Call Talk, in the coupon, and you'll get 10% off anything that you buy. And my latest book is The Expert's Guide to Customer Service, and that might be of interest to you. It's a download. It's only 19.95, and you would get 10% off of that as well. And you'll see everything on the main site. Okay, great. We have a, about a minute left. Uh, I was just wondering if you could uh, talk about, because one of the things in terms of motivating people is the generational divide. And is there anything that uh, you can tell us sort of briefly on how you approach, uh, particularly Gen X, uh, issues that come up in call centers uh, time and time again. Here's how I'm going to answer that. I'm not going to answer that directly. I'm going to answer that if you really want to know how to motivate and inspire your people. I don't care how old they are. Mm-hmm. Two words. Ask them. Mm. Ask them. Go to the source and ask them what, what's go, what will motivate you, what inspires you, what makes you want to get up in the morning, and then you know what to do for them. Okay. And, and actually, uh, Sean, I think you have a question that might uh, feed into that, too. Do you want to ask that, please? Go ahead. We had an email question come in. Um, do you find that many call centers use team-building programs to help motivate? Yes, I find that they do that. The other half of the question is, do they actually motivate? It depends what they're doing on the team building. If they're just going through the motions, or are they really hitting the nail on the head? See, we don't want to put a round peg in a square hole. That's why I'm saying ask them. Right. A little bit of uh, market research before you insert a new program or the program of the month is a great idea. Okay. Have your people or some of your people in that session where you're deciding what to include because they have the pulse of their peers better than you. Okay, perfect. All right, is there one last thing that you wanted to say, uh, Roseanne? Then we'll hand it back to Sean. But uh, this has been a great session, a lot of really good information and uh, a lot of fun. I just want to repeat, if you want to truly know what motivates your people, ask them. The same way if you want to know how to satisfy your customer, instead of doing surveys mm-hmm. or looking at statistics, call them up and ask them. Mm-hmm. Same thing yeah. is true of spouses, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> Thank you. <kids. laughs> okay. All right, John, back to you. Thanks very much, uh, Roseanne. Really appreciated it. You're very welcome. We want to thank everyone for listening today. Everyone who asked a question will receive a free copy of Bruce's book. Um, our winner today of our free All Industries uh, report, value of $1,500, is Anne, and we will email you uh, how to get a copy of your report. The topic for the next call talk um, will be optimizing customer satisfaction measurement, and uh, that will be on September 30th. Look forward to the next session. See you then, and have a great day.